Welcome back to Enlightened Relationships. I'm Lindsay K. Porter, and if you missed last week's episode, you will want to take a listen because we talked about emotions and how they're not good or bad or positive and negative, but rather indicators to help us understand what's going on inside of us. So make sure you take a listen. This week, we are going to talk about stress and what stress is, and what you can do about it. So let's dive in. Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless, frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Hi, everyone. I am excited to be here with you today and to talk about stress because I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, this time of year tends to be more stressful with all the things that we need to accomplish and time that we spend with friends and family. So there tends to be more stress this time of year, though it's not only this time of year. Okay, but I wanted to talk a little bit about stress and what stress is. Stress is a feeling we experience quite often in our life. Stress generally refers to two things it's the psychological perception of pressure that we have, and it's the response to our body that happens. Stress is a necessary part of life, and it can be useful. When you encounter challenges and the uncertainties of life, stress kicks in so you can react. When we perceive danger, it sets off an automatic response system in our brain known as our fight or flight response. And when it's activated, these hormones are released in our body to help us address an immediate threat. So it is and can be useful. Here's the thing though. I want to talk today about two types of stress, eustress and distress. And I'm going to go into what each of these are and give you some examples of them. But when we're dealing with stress, I tend to categorize it in eustress or de-stress, something that's beneficial versus destructive. So let's talk about eustress. What is eustress? Well, it's a doable kind of stress, if you will. Eustress happens when you're faced with a challenge and you know you can handle it. It might take you outside of your comfort zone in a good way, but you know you'll be able to handle the experience. What's interesting about eustress is the name actually stems from the Greek prefix you. And what does that mean? It means good. So you stress literally means good stress. When you're in a state of you stress, you might feel sensations of satisfaction, 
motivation, excitement, the possibility, the potential of what an experience might bring. That's eustress. I want to give you some milestones in life that you might experience eustress when you embark them. The first one that comes to my mind is the birth of a child. I've never been a parent before. Don't know what this experience is going to be like. Don't even know if I'm quite capable to handle it, but I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to figure it out. And so you can have that excitement, a possibility of what's to come. What about a marriage? A marriage is another form. Being wed to the person you love is another form of eustress. Not been married before, not sure what the experience is going to be like, but you're open to the possibility of what's to come and have some means of excitement that you'll be able to create a wonderful marriage. Maybe it's buying your first home. Again, not been a homeowner before, right? I remember the first time my husband and I bought our home, there were some stress and it was you stress because the possibility of having some of this additional financial burden, but it was excitement knowing that we were going to have this space that we could call ours together. Maybe it's moving to a new state or attending college for the first time. Some excitement, some mixed emotions of what the experience might be, never having experienced it before. It's outside your comfort zone and you're willing to step in and embrace it, knowing there's some means of growth. All of these events that I shared with you may cause stress, but They're within your ability to cope with it, and it may lead to personal growth. So what is distress? Distress is typically accompanied with feelings of overwhelmment and anxiety. And these are typically perceived as negative and unwanted emotions. Distress happens when you're outside of your comfort zone and you're feeling worried, or maybe there's danger, or even something's life-threatening. This is the kind of stress that exceeds your personal ability to cope with a situation. Distress hinders your ability to function normally. It's harder to think clearly or even communicate what it is that you're experiencing. So let me give you some examples of potential distress. Maybe it's a diagnosis of a life-threatening disease or experiencing a death of a loved one. Maybe it's a loss of a job or filing for a trial separation or maybe even going through a divorce. All of these type of experiences could cause distress in your life. Now, here's the thing about stress. It is all about your perception. Stress is a perceived disconnect between a situation and your resources to deal with that situation. Said differently, it is a perceived disconnect between your ability to handle a given situation. Stress, whether it's real or imagined, is a threat that taxes your resources or your ability to respond. If you perceive something to be a threat, then it's a threat and you're experiencing threat. And I want to give you an example of this. Let's go to an amusement park. My children and I, we we like to do this as a family. 
And there are some of us that really enjoy roller coaster rides, and there are others of us that don't. So what does this look like on a roller coaster ride? Well, I know for me, and I have um, one of my daughters who love the experience of something new that looks a little scary, not sure my heart's racing, like I'm feeling this stress, but it's you stress that I'm experiencing because it looks like it might be something that could be fun and thrilling, a wonderful experience to go through. And there are others in my family that could look at a roller coaster ride and decide to keep their feet on the ground because it's too scary and it induces that distress feeling that they're not capable of experiencing something like that. It's important to note that different people will have different reactions to every situation. What might be eustress for someone could be distress for another person. So it's impossible to categorize every situation universally as distress or eustress. Your interpretation of a situation depends on your personal experiences and perspective. So where you can, try to think about stress as neutral neither good or bad. It's just something you're experiencing. Because when you can think of it as neutral, you will allow yourself to examine the stressor that you're experiencing and explore why it creates a challenge for you. One of the best ways to manage stress is shifting your interpretation of it so you can better manage it. When you experience a stressor in your life, The goal would be to try to channel the force of that stress into an opportunity of growth and transforming it into that use stress. Let's just give an example here. A stressor might be an assignment at work of a big project with tight deadlines. Is this stressful? Absolutely. Though, Ultimately, the impact, whether it's positive or negative, is a function of how you interpret that stressor and then respond to it. Let me dive into this a little deeper. If your interpretation is along the lines, wow, I'm never going to be able to accomplish this project in this time frame, then the impact of that stressful event will be negative for you and probably demotivating. However, if you can get a little bit under the surface and see what's there, you may discover a reason to turn that stressor into something that's more motivating. Perhaps your initial response of being upset was actually due to the fact that you want to be successful at work and work is important to you. Then you can turn that situation or that event into something that becomes motivating for you to take action. The bottom line here is if your interpretation of the impact of a situation is overwhelming or destructive, it's going to be much harder for you to move forward. However, if you're able to tap into that growth-oriented perspective, then you can take more resourceful action and learn from an experience. I want to give you some coping strategies for stress. 
the most important thing for you to do is to calm your brain and to reverse the stress response. Because when you reverse that stress response, it's going to allow you to process it differently and you'll be more resourceful in how you process it. So how do we calm our brain? I'm going to share three things that I have used in my life that have helped me. The first thing is take deep, long breaths. What does this look like? It's inhaling for five seconds, holding your breath for two seconds, and exhaling for five seconds. When you can take these deep breaths, it oxygenates your blood and can calm your heart rate. This allows you to release the stressful emotion. Number two, ground yourself using the five sense technique. What does that look like? You look for five things you see, four things that you can feel, three things you hear, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. When you can use all of your senses, it helps bring you back into your present moment, which leads me to number three, my live narration tool. I've shared this with you on prior podcasts, but I'm going to share it with you again. When we're feeling that anxiety and overwhelmment, when we can bring ourselves back to our present moment using this live narration tool, it will help calm your emotional state. How do you do this? You literally start narrating in your mind everything you're doing. If I'm typing on my keyboard, if I'm pulling back my hair, if I'm walking down the hall, if I'm turning on a light, if I'm opening up a fridge or folding a shirt, whatever it is that you're doing, you continue to narrate all the things that you're doing to bring you back to your present moment. Because when you're in your present moment, that's where the power is to actually take action. And as you're calming yourself from sometimes these intense emotions, it allows you to see things more clearly and be more resourceful in the action that you take. So your call for action this week is to identify the type of stressors in your life. Are they eustress or distress? And consider ways that you can transform distress into eustress, looking for that growth opportunity in the experience. Remember, this life is about progress, not perfection. Awareness is the first step to becoming. Join me next week as we continue to change the lenses through which you see your relationships while becoming enlightened. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Relationships. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, 